What up, guys? Welcome to the Sound Centric Podcast. I'm Samuel Sarfo. I'm Adam Dash. And thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. Today, we got a special guest with us, you know, repping the Lone Star State, Houston, Texas. He just dropped his project, Sunset Nostalgia, 11 introspective tracks, plus one bonus. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead and listen to it on all DSPs. Like I said before, it's an incredible project. We'll be talking about the album, of course, his journey to becoming an independent artist, and obviously balancing that all out with his personal life. But Seth, we appreciate you so much for being uh, on the pod, and welcome to Sound Centric. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Of course, man. Let's go. And <clears throat> as me and Sam do before every podcast, just to catch up on our week, we give a playlist title and a song that will highlight that playlist. So Sam, I haven't seen you in a week. How are yep. you feeling? What's the song? Well, the song is going to be called OK Computer. I've been on like a social media like uh, detox. I haven't been on. I've been focused and really grinding and honing in on the craft, music or whatnot, school, whatever. Um, and the song is going to be Fuck You Mean by Gunna. So when the Gunna track, when the Gunna album and the Young Thug album came out, I wasn't going to listen to neither of them because of the whole beef and whatnot. And I didn't want to be a part of the whole drama. This song somehow slipped in here. Those ad libs, what does he say? QQ, Perfersky, whatever he said, yeah. slapping. So that, that's the song, it's a good song for the week. It's crazy. What about you, man? What's your playlist also, title and leading single? Also, there's some good tracks in the Young Thug album. Although the whole album's like, eh, Jonesboro, fire mm-hmm. track. Uh, for me, uh, it's going to be cheesy because it's the only thing I can think of. The title is It's All a Blur. Okay. Because uh, my life has been a, it's a blur, blur of looking for jobs and kind of just doing the same thing every day, uh, trying to get in shape right now, which is a fun journey. So the song that highlight that, I'm trying to think of something Drake. I'll do uh, Search and Rescue. I think that's the name of the song because that's the song, the song buns, I keep man. singing in my head. You don't like, catchy, it's like the most, it's buns. It's like, it sounds like they made an AI song. They like make a Drake song. And that's what came out. But for some reason, it's so catchy in my head right now. Uh, gotcha. But yeah. Also, you see that Twitter's called X now since you're on your social media detox. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I hate Elon Musk. Yeah, Loki. Seth, he's really, he's really been a clown. Like I said, because he was a billionaire and he was like on his own path, like no one knew what he was up to. Now that he's on Twitter, we can see all his dumb ideas and, and what's it called? And just in live, live minutes, yeah. live time. It's like, bro, what are you doing? He's He's hilarious but it's also like he's way too crucial of a person to be like <laughs> saying he's hilarious but seth how are we feeling what's the playlist title what is the name how's the week up with something? the playlist is going to be called a human sunset that's just what Ooh. i feel like i i embody Dude. especially this week you know i've been kind of getting going to the beach and just looking at the sunset this week you know so a human sunset and then i would say the song would probably be ascension by mac miller sure. that song is so fire yeah is that yeah. good am like it changes every week. What's my favorite Mac Miller album? But Good I Am on any given day. Hundred percent. I think mine would be Mine Sticks with Swimming for sure. That's just yeah. That's a classic, man. Like that's yeah, I still have it if you can see. I it, go maybe, wherever it's at. I think it's yeah. I go s- Swimming Circles, uh, Faces, and Good I Am. Just mm-hmm. I like that. Anyone, yeah. any given day can be good. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> to get <laughs> to get into things, I'm not sure if this was like a marketing plan by you or this was actually a text. But when you drop Better as Friends as a single. Someone actually reached out to you, a girl, like talking to you about how you dropped that song. So I know as an artist, as an artist, I'll make a song. And if it's about a specific person or even if it's a bunch of people, but you know a person might think it's about them, it can be mm-hmm. kind of scary to release that music. Definitely. So how is it for you releasing something where it's a personal story about someone else knowing that that person might hear it and then kind of dealing with that since the person <laughs> actually texted you? Got you. Um. So that, that girl that actually texted me wasn't even like, 
the, who it was about. This was a girl I had just I had DM this girl. Like you know, you know, I'm just like <laughs> trying to get to know her, you know, and you know everything's cool. And then I guess something came up, bro, where like like something was said or something. I don't even remember the text that I even posted. I deleted it because I was like, you know what, I kind of feel bad. Like it's kind of getting too much. Yeah. <laughs> But the song, the girl I actually wrote her about, I'm pretty sure she knows it was about her, but she hasn't said anything. She's a good woman. I mean, as I said okay. in the song, but um, yeah, uh, she got like a boyfriend now. So, you know, I'm happy for her. But as far as their text, man, that wasn't planned. Like it was just yeah. she said, like some crazy shit. And I'm just like, I guess. And it made sense. Yeah. And I mean, it, it brought drive to the song, too. So, you know, it's like that's just how it be. Yeah. And then when it comes to talking about like your own personal thing, so you talk about going to the mental hospital, ODing on your first album and how like mm-hmm. that's like something you wanted to happen. So how does that feel releasing like those stories knowing that like maybe your friends or family don't know that and they're like, oh, like really? That's how you feel or felt? Yeah. And yeah. How, why is that something that you find so important to release? I would say, I mean, I find it important to release that type of story just because for the really the people that have been through that like that's why i released music in the first place is just to help myself first and foremost and then to help the listener like that's that's the connection i make so as far as like the family part and like getting vulnerable with it is what you're getting at it's like they kind of already know it they saw everything i went through and they go through it themselves you know they battle addiction so it's more like Mm -hmm. you know even it could help them at one point you know seeing like I've, I've heard of, you know, my brother has told me he's in rehab right now and he's told me like, oh, you've really helped me with my journey. You know, I've got sober. I've been three years sober now. So, um, you know, it's just, it's about helping them. Like I said, and it just brings you back full circle of just making that connection with the listener. Hmm. That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm, I remember when I was a senior in high school and I was like playing my dad, my music. And he's like, this is really some sad stuff. Like, do you want to see someone? And like, that was that. Which, Fuck you on, bro. Like, yeah. And now looking back at it, that's the reason why I started seeing a therapist. So yeah, mm-hmm. it could be hard to release those songs, but like seeing that someone like cares and actually helps them, that's like the best feeling as an artist. 100%. Exactly. Yes, sir. And just going through the album, like Adam was saying, there's so many personal stories that you share on this. Uh, some of my favorite tracks were, of course, Peace, Real Life, and All Grown Up. And on that mm-hmm. latter track, um, All Grown Up, there's a line that you said that really hit me hard. And it was, words come to life, got to watch what you say. They can only touch your fear for soul. I'm not afraid. Got a lot of angels camped around where I mm-hmm. lay. On that track as well, you also talk about, um, obviously, your family, but also your mother taking care of you and your brother as a single mom. Mm-hmm. But basically, how, how important were your family and how much did they impact you when creating this album? How much did they come to mind? Got you. Uh, well, my mom definitely come to mind uh, yeah. with everything I do. I mean, I, I talk about her in my music a lot because, I mean, she's like the only person I really like saw, had eyes on that was like a role model, I guess you can say. So, you know, and the more I grew, the more we kind of drifted apart a little. We're all, we'll always be there. You know, I do this for her. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big impact that she's had on me. And, you know, so I always give credit to her. I mean, she was she was everything. I didn't I grew up without a father. So she was my mom and dad. So. I'm able to kind of like have that better as friends perspective and like even tell the woman like and give her the respect to show her like, hey, we're going to be better as friends. We're not going to be there. So, you know, I've had that feminine side that shows me that, you know, that softness. And then she also had a masculine side, you know, and I also learned my masculine side from God. I mean, I didn't really have no other like men to look up to. So, you know, besides my my team and like, you know, I have certain men on my team that, you know, I look up to. But as, as far as like, you know, she she was everything for sure. She inspired yeah. a lot. 
And I'm happy you mentioned your team too, because as an independent artist, obviously there's so many hurdles that one has to get through. And mm-hmm. your team has really been holding you down, one with Soul Reachers Movement, um, of mm-hmm. course, other management jazz as well, and also Orange Jungle, up, which you jazz? just collaborated with mm-hmm. um, for the music video. But talk about the team, what have you guys been working on, and also just the vision of the collective. Got you. Yeah, we were actually, we had a meeting yesterday about talking more about like how we're going to separate the brand from Seth Such. Because, like, we want the brand to be something completely different. Like, right now, of course, like, the music is bringing my face or, like, connecting my face to the brand. But, you know, we have more creatives on the team. I mean, my boy Rod, um, he's he's my ground manager. Like, he does everything on the ground. And he also streams on Twitch. So, you know, he, he wants to be a creator. And then my boy Mason, he wants to get behind the merch. So, you know, we're, we're transitioning him into that. And he also streams. So it's going to be more than just me creating you know, I do my creation with my music and we want to just separate Soul Reachers from Seth Such, even though I represent Soul Reachers and, you know, but it's going to be more going on. So I would say Soul Reachers as a whole is just a positive movement for the youth. And we just want to like really push that positivity and show that you can do this independent, even if you got to, you know, sign a deal, which is cool if it makes sense or if, you know, you want to do a partnership, you know, just you can do it within your means, you know. So that's kind of what we're getting at with Soul Reachers. And then I see that you're constantly performing, which is definitely a lost art out here. We have mm-hmm. a lot of artists Most going deaf. straight to the fe- going straight to the festival stage, and they kind of <laughs> look stupid because they've never performed for that many people. Exactly. So for you, like first off, like how much do you love performing? It seems like it's awesome. You're always around Houston performing, and mm-hmm. I mean, like, what importance do you put on that and put on that craft? Oh, performing, man! I actually just started performing this year, so I really built up my like my social media side of things before I even stepped onto a stage because, yeah. you know, I was battling anxiety and all that stuff. So this year I've really just felt comfortable with actually getting on there. And, you know, from my first performance in March, so, I mean, that's only in March. And, you know, I, it was a it was a pretty nice performance. Like, a lot of people came out and, you know, supported. And then we had a few more. And then, like, by my fourth or fifth performance, I'm opening up for Dende. So it's, like, <laughs> it, it's just wild. Like, it's wild the amount of time that we've grown within the performance-wise. But I love it, man. Like, I really and I really like it's a whole nother craft and I really like show a lot of pride in it and like just put a lot into it because when people come out and like when you get on that stage, it's like everything just I don't know, man. I don't know if you performed, but you know how it is, man. Like you just get on there or like when people are just all looking at you, some of them you don't know, some of them you know. And then you step off the stage and you got like maybe 100 new fans, you know, and so that's that's really like, you know, it's about making that connection in person. So I love performing. It's my new favorite thing for real. It's so important. I was telling Sam our last episode, but I saw Jordan Ward open up for Smino mm-hmm. and JID. Yeah. And he literally is my he's my album of the year now. Like that made yeah, he's, me go he's look crazy. up his album. He's crazy. He's crazy. His performance was like so good. So is there anyone that you watch? I remember like before I performed for the first time, I'm watching like Mac Miller videos of him yeah. performing. <laughs> is there any like YouTube videos that you went to specifically? Uh, I've, I've I, definitely I like watched the Mac videos and he he's a great performer, but I've heard like some things about how like he would be like he would even be like off drugs and kind of like, you know, like in his performances, which that obviously enhances your performance. I'll go up there sober. Yeah. So, uh, but I've watched Mac, you know, Cole, Kendrick, obviously, you know, people I look up to. Uh, I've even watched some of the, like the the newer guys, like, like, um, I mean, Trippie Red, for example, just, you know, people like, you know, that go and perform. Lil Skies is a great performer, like back in the gap. So yeah, I say back in the gap, like it would like I'm old, <laughs> but uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've watched, you know, I've watched some performance, but I really like studying people in person. Like since I started, you know, I got invited out to South by Southwest with uh, CXR and like 
out there is when I really started seeing like Dende performing. He like I don't know if y'all have ever seen him perform, but if y'all haven't, like I need to. he is one of the best performers of our time right now, like for real. Like yeah. And just seeing him, like when I came in to perform for my first time and just like I've already seen Dende perform and then seeing him perform more times and then just like you can I can literally just put it I'm a, I'm a very like won't say I, I'm like I don't know if y'all watch Naruto but Kakashi like he's the, he's the copy um ninja or whatever mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say I would copy but I know how to like look at people's stuff and make it and make it my own like transform yeah. it so like I've been able to just watch him you know watch other performers and it's really like put together my own act you know so it's it's dope yeah. being able to watch one of the best do it in real time you know and I know uh, I've seen I've seen Jack Harlow talk about how he doesn't drink before he goes because he never wanted mm-hmm. to have that crutch of like needing something to yeah, go on. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. but it's definitely hard to get those nerves out. But mm-hmm. hey, it's when you're sober and you're doing it, you get like that buzz around your body. It's crazy. Bro, it's, it's it's nuts, man. It's crazy. And then you're you're talking about performing with Dende, but you have a track with Dende, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You have Chris Patrick, who is just mm-hmm. one of the craziest rappers in the game right now. Like actually, like such a high tier level. You have Lucas Home talk, doing such a personal story on your album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what goes into picking these features? Like, why these three guys? Uh, and like, how did it feel to actually get the verse back? Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's it was actually crazy. I mean, I picked. So I for sure picked Lucas. Me and Luke. I'll start with Lucas. Lucas. Um, he lives in Miami, so that's where I'm trying to move. Miami and like Florida area. So you know, mm-hmm. I'll probably be out there in the next year or so. Um, if it all aligns, you know, if it, if it goes that way. But me and Lucas have been tapped in for like two, three years. Like when he was just dropping on SoundCloud, he used to be LH before Lucas home. So his name was LH. And um, he, he just started getting his bus too. And like, you know, it's long overdue. But, you know, about me and him has been making music, getting stuff in. So it was just inevitable for him to be on the album. So, you know, that's how that happened. It wasn't really like a crazy story. But as far as the Dende and the... Um, the Chris one, so I don't know if y'all know Mizzy, but that's uh, their creative director. He reached out to me on Twitter and was like, hey, you're dope, you know, um, let's chop it up, you feel me? So we chopped, I gave him my number, we chopped it for a bit, and he was like, you know, let me uh, let me help you with your album. Like, so he, so Mizzy creative directed the album. So, um, you know, just for to even have his hands on it, it was like, it was like a blessing for real. And then he didn't, he didn't even like go and get Chris and Dende. He basically like that just happened naturally. He literally like he was playing one of the songs that had a whole nother artist and I feel bad, but I told the artist <laughs> like, it had a whole nother. So Motivate had a different feature on it before it even came out. He was uh, Mizzy was playing it after the Chicago show uh, when they were on tour. Chris hears it and is like, hey, like that's that Seth kid, right? And then bang, like he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, tell him I want that. Like bang. So it just happened Sick. like that. Chris literally records it the same night on tour in Chicago. Like they just got out of show. He writes it and records it the next day actually. And then they're still on tour at this point. They send it back within the next few days and then I just got a Chris Patrick feature. I'm just like, damn, like this all this all happened in the matter of like like couple days. And then that's when Missy invited me to South by Southwest after the tour, like within the next few days. So things are like, all right, hold on, let's chill. Let's take a step back. But I was already on that high and I was just like, man. Then the next week they were on the way back from tour in the car. I'm making better as friends in the studio. I send over a snippet to Mizzy. Dende's in there. And then basically Mizzy, I guess, like, was playing it in the car. Dende calls me from Mizzy's phone. He's like, hey, I want that. So then that's how that happened. So then I got that's crazy. two of the really, like, biggest upcoming underground artists on my shit. And that's when I was just like, all right, let's just put a, like, let's let's just keep putting the album together. And then it came together and. 
we were we were working on the album until like the deadline. So we we like we we don't really when we put out stuff like we don't have it like ready months in advance. Like I go until the last deadline because there might be things I want to change, stuff I want to add. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's how that's how the features came together, man. It was it was a crazy yeah. like alignment, and I know that it'll be a lot more alignment with even other artists. That's how I just know like that's the blueprint. That's how it's gonna work. It's not gonna be me forcing it, going to pay for features. Like it's it's gonna come, you know. So. Mm-hmm. yeah it was dope you know, there's that video there's that video of travis scott getting the drake feature for sicko mode i think it was drake and he's like going crazy but if i got that chris patrick feature and i heard that verse man i would be running <laughs> around the room that verse is God crazy damn. man he started out with say what do you say something cuban he had say, he said something where i had to like look it up on google because i'm like what the yeah. hell even is yeah. that i think it was like some champagne and some cigars like that he was like yeah talking about. big boy talk yeah yeah <laughs> But yo, yeah. and I love how you were talking about the organic nature of all of this. Mm-hmm. And obviously, shout out to Mizzy, but also just showing love to you. They hopped on those tracks because this project is amazing. The songs you're making are incredible. And it wasn't Appreciate a fluke. You. It's just because you're killing it. And your verses, you. your storytelling, your writing is tip top. Thank um, you, I know back in 2022, you dropped Life Isn't Finding Anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year later, 2023, you dropped this project. Me and Adam t- uh, discuss all the time how often should artists drop. Of course, it may be different for mainstream artists or indie artists. Exactly. Of course, there's so much that's coming out now. Um, it's easy to get forgotten. So why did you decide to drop now? Obviously, Mizzy was a creative director and helped put this album together. But essentially, how did this come about and what drove you to drop now? Uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, honestly, like Sunset Nostalgia is a summer type of vibe. So that's mm-hmm. we had summer for sure. So when I had dropped Isolation EP and um, with, that's when the one with rose colored sunglasses on it, I dropped that mm-hmm. in November. And so we've been doing this, we've been doing this like formula. It's rinse and repeat for us. So we've been doing the formula where it's I dropped my first EP March 2021, or I think no August 2021. Life isn't frightening anymore. Um, March 2022, so the album. Then the EP November, um, Isolation. Then Sunset Nostalgia album in the summer. So now next is EP, album, EP, and we're just going to keep rinse and repeat. And so, you know, there might be an EP coming up again this year. You know, hey. I ain't going to say too much. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but Sunset Nostalgia just made sense. And like, we found the name in the winter. So like, we we really like, we'd be working way ahead. So, um, and I just knew that was the image I wanted to put around. So obviously y'all seen a lot of sunsets for me on socials, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of like just beach mm-hmm. vibes. Cause that's just the image that we're creating for this project around the project. So with the next one, you know, it'll be a whole new image, a whole new phase, a whole new, you know, a whole new story. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I said this in my review of the, um, of the album, but the album title is just a dope ass name for a title. Thank you. Thank you, man. Like, Thank you. There's just certain titles that like <laughs> utopia for Travis Scott. Utopia like, it just sounds a, like yeah, for sure. it's a cool ass name or a uh, Boz dropped uh, Milky way. I like space. Milky way is hard. hard. <laughs> Whenever I see nostalgia or something in a title, it just always gets me going. For sure, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And then when like, it comes yeah. to, as I was say, when it comes to social media use, so you're huge on Twitter with your fans, mm-hmm. which I, me and Sam, like that's our favorite social media platform, mm-hmm. or I guess now X. But I think it's the best <laughs> with collaborating and being able to actually like, talk to other artists. I mean, yeah. like, like you said, it's cool to be able to interact with Dende on Twitter or talk to yeah. Andrew Kelly or all these people. So mm-hmm. you post snippets and they do really well. Like, how do you manage your expectations with posting stuff and not like reading too into like Sweet. how much, how many people like that? Because like, I'll post a tweet, I'll get like ten likes. And I'm like, yo, am I popping off right now? This is crazy. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. Um, 
Man, I've been on Twitter since I was like 15, bro. So it's kind of normal for me to like, I've been posting those snippets since I started making music. So like, I feel like a lot of people that are doing it now kind of like, I don't know, they haven't been doing it. So they kind of expect like whatever, like there was whatever. But I've been doing it since like, like Twitter was popping, popping like 2017, 2016. Yeah. Like y'all, if y'all were on it. So, and um, that's when I had another rap name. So when I was 17, I had a rap name called Swirl. So it, like, <laughs> yeah, so I changed it to my government name, but it was mm-hmm. Swirl in high school. So um, like when I was 17, that's when I first started rapping. SoundCloud was popping off. I had like nine very terrible songs out. And um, <laughs> and Twitter was just like my snippet area. Like, you know, I would get like, you know, still 500 likes, you know, here and there. So like at 17, I was like, am I popping off? Like I had one that had like yeah. 1,500 likes. Uh, went through some things, 18 years old, t- took that all down, like deleted every song because it was just not what I wanted to portray. It was like cussing. I was talking yeah. about, you know, money, hoes, all that, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know how it was back in the in SoundCloud era. So, <laughs> you know, and y'all probably couldn't even imagine me talking about that. So, yeah. you know, I, but I want to be transparent, like be like, you know, I've grown, I've evolved. So, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, Twitter, though. Twitter, man, I love Twitter. I love Twitter, but I have to yeah. stay off. I can't scroll. So. Like a lot of people be like, you know, giving like love when you give love. So it's kind of weird to like not scroll now and I don't like see everything. I don't like people's stuff. So, you know, I see it kind of sometimes like transform to the people that used to show me love. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I've tweeted about that, but you know, so it's, it's give and take for sure. And you got the team Dreamville shout out, which mm-hmm. is sick. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that was crazy, man. I, I, I love seeing that, you know, and like, People take you more serious when you get stuff like that. But, you know, we've been doing this. You know, just it's just rinse and repeat, you know. I also think it's a beautiful thing that you keep on evolving. I always tell this to Adam, like, the artists who make it are the ones who keep evolving. Like, if you look at Jay-Z from being the street dude to the business guy to this now knowledgeable father, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can look through every artist, whether that's, um, like, physically like changing their hair color or whatnot or just the sound of their music. Yep. Um, in the song 10,000 Hours, you talk about how you, you really do put in the work we hear it in the music. Um, what areas do you think that you had to improve on when transitioning from the 22 album to this project? And what was your new mindset? Um, and what were the changes you wanted to make? Man, the 22 album, like, would still be, honestly, my favorite album that I made as far as just, like, not the sound, because obviously the sound was better, and you know, but I was still rapping. But, like, as far as the period, like, when I was there, I was in such a good headspace making life as a frightening because, like, it was so new because I had just came out of, like, anxiety in a dark a very dark place like just as far as shadow work and just like evolving like you said so with 2022 album man like when I was making that I was just in such a good space and even with Sunset Nostalgia like I wasn't even as in as good as a space as I was but even being aware of that can always just make the next ones better and better and like figuring out how I can get back in that space I want to be back in life as a frightening space like when I was recording that like so how am I going to mm-hmm. get there and like that's just that's when I feel like I'm making the best music when I'm in that space for sure so yeah. yeah, you don't want it to be too good. You've heard artists say that life is too true. good. I have nothing to write about. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's true. So Sunset Nostalgia came from a dark place. You know, it wasn't too good. It was actually, you know, I was going through a very stressful time in my life. But you know, we we persevered, and of course, there's going to be those ups and downs. You know, so hundred percent. And also with just production as well. Um, you had an array of sounds, but I heard sample chopping. A lot of sample chopping. Seemed like that's your thing. But what influenced your decision on the sound for this album? And what kind of uh, production soundtracks were you going for? Got you, got you. Um, well, with the rap, with the rap songs, because as you can tell, there's like you know all different types of sounds on the mm-hmm. album. 
I like it, and like Adam said, like it does give a spacey feel. Like it does give a spacey feel on certain tracks, and then like you can just bring it around to the rap. So I would say the rap, it was like inspired by some Aaron May type production. You know, some yeah. Aaron May. Shout like, Houston. Yeah, man, Aaron May's dope. You know, I'm I'm trying to get him on something. So you know, we're 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 shooting for it, but that would be crazy. Uh, Aaron May. Um, and honestly, I feel like there was like some production that like really you couldn't hear from nobody else but Seth Such, you know, like I feel like this was my sound or like this is my sound. So I'm going to just keep creating off that. And there's still a lot of sounds to be made. So um, but as far as production, like most of it was from this uh, producer I found on YouTube and then other ones were from YouTube as well. So, I mean, it, this is a YouTube made album. I'm not going to lie, like as yeah. far as beats, and, hey. you know. Hey, so, shout Stoic. There's so many people that I, I'm yeah. on YouTube every day looking through beats. Yeah. So actually, who are some of those producers? I'm just curious who you use. The Peace beat is like fucking like that's something I would have downloaded yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I mean, any rapping track that you're on, like the Before the Sunset, that beat, crazy. Yeah. A sample yeah. sounds so familiar on that song. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Okay, uh, who, are, who are you using for that? Docent, this one named Docent, he did Before the Sunset and he did a few of the... Um, of the songs on the album as well, the rap, the rap songs. So like, he's more of the Aaron May, Mick Jenkins, yeah. Isaiah Rashad type, type beat. I guess you could say, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then Noisy did, um, Noisy did did the uh, the peace beat man, and that peace beat was actually blowing up. So like, when I post on TikTok, every time people are like, there'll be like some artists like, um, oh, I found this beat too. We should collab, or you know, or oh uh, yeah. Um, They'll tag like their their artists that put it out and like kind of try to make it a competition. I'm just like, bro, y'all are y'all are just funny, man. But <laughs> that's the only thing with YouTube beats. If they blow up, then there's other artists using them, and you're gonna and it's hard to get a least or it's hard to get a uh, exclusive beat if it's blowing mm-hmm. up because they're gonna tax like for sure. Hundred yeah. percent. We don't have three thousand dollars to buy an exclusive right now, so. You know, no, so. I don't blame you. And I'm really happy you mentioned that. I know Adam said he loves it too, but that's my biggest problem with YouTube Beats. That's my biggest problem that whole business in mm-hmm. general. And I'm going to ask you this too. You already opened up Pandora's box. You got me excited to talk about this. <laughs> but the thing is, okay, so when you start your mindset, right, it's like I'm making music because I love it. Or if you're doing this full time, it's like, damn, I kind of got to make money from this. Yep. But if you start adding in people, producers, all these things, then, you know, the pie is going to get expensive. smaller. Exactly. Very and it's true. expensive, like Adam mm-hmm. said. So how do you deal with that? Um, how does, I guess, the business side of things work? So we're still trying to maneuver that for sure. Mm-hmm. Like we, we learn every day and shout out to Jazz. You know, always she teaches me so much about just, and I'm able to teach her things about, you know, the creative side and like, you know, apps and stuff. And she just, she does a good job on, on showing me the business and showing me like, hey, we have to, or just staying on me like, hey, we got to do this. Even if we're not doing it yet, like she, she plants that seed, like, hey, we got to uh, do your split sheets right here. Like, or we got to do, um, you know distribution like you know we we're talking about some distribution like deals right now so you know we're like i feel like it's very it's about to like come together as far as the marketing like we're not gonna have to put too much money in because these labels will be able to do it as as we partner with them uh so yeah we're, we're talking with some and like we're partnering that's not saying i'm gonna sign anything but you know it would be definitely like helpful to be able to just focus on the music not have to put too much money yeah. into the marketing you know, because, you know, if y'all know how it is, like, you got to do a lot of, like, the marketing without money. Like, you got to figure it out, you know, <laughs> at least at first. So, you know, um, I've been thankful enough to have, like, people reach out and, like, do want to do free videos. Like, so the dude that did Pete or, you know, Omar, you know, he uh, he showed love for sure. Um, Dende's videographer reached out. He wants to do a video. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's be a good time to say I'm dropping a song 
August 10th. Hey, but, yeah. Let's go. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm dropping a song August 10th. I'm going to announce it soon, and we're going to put out a video with it. So this is kind of like starting a new rollout for for the EP. So like, it's just kind of showing artists that, you know, we're not stopping. Like, you know, we just dropped the album, put out a video. We're still going to post content on TikTok about it always. I mean, I'm not ever going to let go of the album, but it's time to put out something new and just fresh people to hear, like, and just rinse and repeat, like I said a few times, so. But yeah, so about about the uh, business aspect, you know, it's it's good to have somebody on your team that is really like there and helping you like maneuver. So that's that's kind of you know give props to Jazz for sure on that. I know she's team rollout. Like she's she's tweeting about rollouts. She's when I interviewed her, she's very strict on it, and I think it's awesome. Like you, yeah, I love an artist do that. I mean, I'm seeing people like Tyler the Creator. Like that's someone who I look up to yeah. as like the way that he marks his album and there's an mm-hmm. aesthetic to it. There's a color to it. Yes. And exactly. same thing with your album. Like it does sound like a sunset. It's like, it does give yeah, that vibe. I was, first time I listened to it, I was literally on the beach. I'm like, Oh, it's a good time. Man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I love that, man. Rollouts are important. And, and so I told her yesterday, like I literally told her yesterday and we got two weeks, like so two weeks is from August 10th. And I was like, Hey, how does August 10th sound like? And she sent me like this Kevin Hart meme, like, like, what you mean like but you know she was just joking and we can get it done in two weeks you know if with the right rollout you know as long as you're being intentional about your rollout so that's what's important 100 percent, man and you have been killing it and we're so proud of you like i said if you have not checked out that piece video yeah that one's go crazy, and man. check that out tell us how that came about um and do keep on going crazy on that on that on that video because just once it gets into the right hands the oh, right yeah, eyes sure. it's 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 hitting the moon but talk 100%. about how that process came about well, honestly, we, uh, me and him been meaning to work for a while and we were going to do a video to Popstar, uh, first, but, um, the budget and just like what we wanted to do for Popstar wasn't really available at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we did, we just did like a run and gun. As you can see, like it was just some run and gun, like not really a concept, even though it turned into like the chaotic concept of like, you know, yeah. just being in Houston, wanting to get out, like just with the effects and just like cars passing by and everybody walking like by you. So it like it literally aligned like and I feel like everything in my life always just like aligns and starts to make sense even if we just kind of are going off the fly so uh it was dope we just did a run and gun it took like two three hours to record and we were done and then he edited it edited it in like a week and then uh it came out you know yeah do you think videos are your most expensive purchase in terms of marketing and that's actually my most least expensive wow yeah yeah because I mean Omar. yeah shout out Omar <laughs> it's actually you know and and I was doing all my videos before, so like all everything you see on TikTok up until the piece video, edited done by me because I you know I know how to edit, I know how to do videos, but it's like he had more of you know a better camera, 4K camera, you know he he edits he he has a better editing software, so it's like he came in at the right time, showed love, you know we connected and um, yeah, but other than that, I mean every video you see is done on my camera, and you know so it's maybe four hundred dollar camera, I mean that's that's not to me like that's an investment that's not really like an expensive investment like yeah. expensive investments are over a thousand dollars in my opinion like, so so yeah do you do you mix your own stuff because the mix definitely got a lot better from your last album like mm-hmm. i noticed that yeah. progression is that yeah you? i did yeah i did that's awesome yeah. what do you use thank you logic or i use your... fl fl okay yeah like, i mean yeah. I... Sam's in this process of learning his mixing skills. I mean, I'm I just go on YouTube tutorial videos. Hundred percent. Although yeah, I just I, I hate I hate mixing. Uh, I love mixing mixing only because, like, I know exactly how I want to sound. You know, so obviously on fr- on life is a frightening. I 
it's literally easy to tell I didn't know as much as I know now. So like with Sunset, like I always get compliments like, bro, the mix is like perfect. It's you. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's like there's not really a lot of flaws. I mean, of course, if you were a master 10 year plus engineer, you're going to see some flaws from a, you know, a two year engineer. So, yeah. you know, but as far as like the life isn't frightening anymore from the Sunset Nostalgia, like I really love how like the gap that I that I created for sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds good in headphones. It sounds good. It sounds good in car speakers. So that's all you got to do. Exactly. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now that was a gem of advice. Because Adam, I want you to share this story, but I, I might even say it too. But basically, Adam got a mix from somebody else, and uh, it was worse than what he could do. But yeah, it's like all the time. Who, you are the only person who yeah. knows mm-hmm. what you should sound like. So why don't you try to learn how to mix? Of course, it's mad difficult. I think out of in the whole process, I think mixing is definitely difficult because it gets really bit sciency frequencies, things definitely. of that nature. Um, but what about production? When it came to production on this album, was was it um, strictly outside producers? Did you want to get your hands on, or did you want to specifically focus on the songwriting um, and just the lyrics, the lyricism, and putting that together? Gotcha. Um, I made the beat for real life, so mm-hmm. real life I made the beat for, and then the rest of it was outside because I just. I made a couple of the beats on Life Isn't Frightening anymore. So, you know, I know how to make beats. I know how to, like, put my hands on stuff. But I do, like, focusing on the writing more and, like, the, the, the composition of it rather than, like, the beats. But sometimes, like, I'll get into, like, my producer bag and I'll and I'll make a beat. And it actually helps me make a better song. So, I mean, I do want to, you know, eventually, like, just, co- you know, or produce a whole thing. Um, but as of now, I just like focusing on the writing and, like, perfecting that craft first because eventually i want to get into like actually playing the the guitar and playing the drums and you know like really just feel like that'll take it to a whole another you know Mm -hmm. world of music so you know that's definitely in the in the works but as far as just like making beats you know i do it when i have like free time like actually Mm -hmm. some free time so yeah it's just crazy because there's so much to learn it's like a never-ending wormhole of what you can learn um but before we end here uh, we always ask this for the artists who always come on. What are some tips you have, some gems, like to call them, that you've gathered along the way that you could share uh, that artists could follow and hopefully take that and, and continue to grow? Got you. Um, honestly, like, what I've learned is is don't worry about the money from this right now. Like, when you're really trying to make it, like, you know, a lot of people, like, we're dreaming big. And, and once they start to come more to life, you just start to see everything unfold. And you're like, okay focus on the music focus on you know your spirituality if if you haven't you know and just focus on god and just like moving with a purpose and intention you know don't focus on the money because the money's going to come that's that's the biggest thing i've learned you know go get your money how you got to get it like in this life like not by music right now and you know i just got to the point where money's finally finally starting to come after six seven years so you know it's like you know Focus, focus on how you got to get your bag and then focus on the music, like separate it right now. So that'd be my biggest tip for real. That's a powerful gem right there. Yeah. It's hard. People, people don't, you said what, six, seven years, people don't have the tolerance to wait. What, like, mm-hmm. especially in this culture now, they want to get on TikTok, they want to mm-hmm. blow up one year, but guess what happens? You blow up and like you said, performance is important. They put you on a stage and you're yeah. asking for form, you're looking all goofy. So it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. Like I'm 23 and so I'm, I'm thankful to be like seven years in at 23. Like, so you know, I know I have time, and I, I I will say like by 24, I think there's gonna be something coming for sure. We all feel it, so you know, I just want to say, just keep going, man. Just keep going. It, it's gonna come, you know. And it's and really like the last tip I would say is for me, and this isn't really a tip. This is just more of like a statement. But for me, this is like a destiny thing. I'm I'm a huge believer in destiny, and like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So just like 
look in the mirror and see if this is really what you're supposed to be doing if something isn't working out. Like, you know, if it's, if you feel like it's not working and you feel like you want to take another route, then take another route. Or if you feel like you can keep, like you said, keep hanging in there and, you know, hang it out, then, you know, that's what you should do. But you just got to take a long look in the mirror and just, is this what you really want to be doing, you know? Hope you're not picking that up, man. I mean, <laughs> I was just thinking about 10,000 hours and that, like the, just the concept of working for 10,000 hours to master a skill got me thinking about J. Cole putting himself through mm-hmm. minute writing drills yeah. and artists, I think Chris Patrick saying just like writing a verse every day. Is there anything that you do specifically as like a training or do you take a mental health break from writing sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go I- about it? Right now, I, I feel like there's phases for sure. So right now, I just, when it comes to me, it comes to me. I feel like I've put in the work. So right now, I was taking a break. Like you said, I've been taking a break. But now we're getting back into creative mode. I'm dropping it. You know, I'm going to just say I'm dropping the EP. I'm not going to say when, but we're dropping the EP. Dropping the, the single um, August 10th. So, like, when it comes to you, it comes to you. But there is times where you got to go in and do verse days. You got to, you know, go put in your work. But, you know, I, I move off alignment for sure. So that's that's how I move. You know, everything flows to me because I've already put in all the work. And, you know, that's not going to stop me from working hard. But, you know, I've just I've gained the knowledge and the and the freedom to be able to, like, flow with this life, you know, and know that it's for me. So that's kind of what I move off of now. Oh, man, you sound like you're 100 percent centered. And it sounds like that even through the music. Obviously, you told us about the song, August 10th. You told us about the EP. Is there anything else you want to announce at all before we go? And also just ways that the listeners and fans can find you and make sure to support you. Uh, yeah, it'll be Seth Such on all platforms. It's S-E-T-H-S-U-T-C-H. And uh, I think we're good, man. Glory, glory to God. Glory to God. And um, Soul Reachers as well. You know, uh, S-O-U-L-R-E-A-C-H-E-R-S. That's our Instagram page as well. So. Love it. We made it to the very end. We appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, Sunset Nostalgia's out on all DSPs. Go check that out. Go bump it. If you're by the beach like Adam, you know you know you have to play it. But um, that's that's the podcast here, guys. And thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next we'll See ya. Of course. We out. Peace.